All right, everybody. Welcome uh, back to this Ocean Life podcast. Uh, I want to say thanks to everybody for supporting um, through almost exactly a year now. I think my first podcast, I guess I should know, uh, was in like early July and here we are kind of mid-June. And as we, as I speak, we're at 36,973 downloads, which is pretty rad. I didn't know if I'd ever get past like, you know, 50 downloads when I first started doing this. And so thanks to everybody and spreading the word, sharing with friends, family, hyping up on social media, giving good reviews on all the podcast apps and stuff. Uh, I'm just thrilled at how, how, how everything's doing and uh, I want to thank you all. Having a lot of fun doing it and definitely can't do it without you. So thanks. Uh, also can't do it without insanely great guests like who we have today, Melissa Altenberger. And today we hear stories from Mel who takes us through her journey from South Africa where she you know, was born, raised, to the waters of the Bahamas and has found her passion for being underwater. We hear of Mel's evolution with scuba diving and free diving. We talk about the wealth of wrecks and animals she regularly experiences in the Bahamas. We hear about her amazing and heart-wrenching story of working to save a green turtle who swallowed a fishing hook. And then Mel takes us through her strong passion for ocean conservation with trash cleanups, her work to capture the beauty of Bahamian waters through underwater photography, and gives us all a great perspective on sharing love for the ocean, something that we pretty much all can identify with. So another great one from a great guest, really inspirational, and I hope you're all out having fun this summer. Here we are in kind of mid-June of 2019. Hope you're doing what you do best in the water, having some fun, doing something nice for the water, for the animals, picking up trash, and as always, kind of a broken record, but I'm going to keep saying it. It's all trying to minimize plastic. You know, I've noticed just by my own doing that, not taking a straw, not using the lid of my cups and stuff when I go out. Um, you know, my kids kind of follow suit and others pick up on that too. And geez, one day maybe we can all stop doing it and stop hearing about whales that wash up full of plastics. Anyway, one day. So thanks for being here. Appreciate you all. And now let's get into the ocean life of Melissa Altenberger. So Mel, you are in the Bahamas today working on a yacht. You're spending a ton of time in the water, on the water, and uh, it sounds like a pretty rad lifestyle <laughs> to me. <laughs> uh, it is, Josh. Um, it, it took uh, lots, lots of ups and downs to get to where I am now, but um, I've definitely made a life of myself here, um, and I was lucky enough to land a, an amazing job with a great family um, and spend my time off um, volunteering and trying to uh, do as much conservation work as I can. Yeah, uh, that, that sounds, that sounds great. All of it. So start then, I mean, where you're at today, you know, talk about, you know, what you're doing, you're crewing on a boat, talk about the boat, where you're at, you've been out there, sounds like for about six years, and you, you know, so t start there with just the, kind of the day-to-day, -day, working with this family, with the crew, and what your duties are on the boat and everything, and then uh, we'll kind of go from there. Okay, um, yes, so I've been with the family for six years, and they are amazing, obviously, um, and um, so my job is to look after the interior of the boat and um, I cook for the crew 
and um, take. I'm lucky enough to take the bus diving when he wants to go diving. So um, cool. I've pretty much created my own role on board. Um, and I've got an amazing team that I work with. And uh, everything's just working really well for me, actually. So if I'm not working on the boat, I'm usually diving under one. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of boat is this you guys are on? Um, it's a private-owned boat. Um, and we are a, uh, it's a leopard, um, the make of the boat. Um, and we have a jet drive. Catamarans? So um, no, it's a, oh. a motor yacht. But it's been um, designed and built for the Bahamas. So we can go into wow. shallow water. We only draw four feet. Oh, and she's a very pretty boat. Wow. <laughs> Inside and how, how big of a boat? Like how long? Yeah. It's um, 102 feet. Sweet. So there's four crew. Um, the captain has um, the mate, which assists him um, with um, the care of the boat on the outside. And I pretty much run the inside. Um, along with um, my manager, and she still cooks for the family. So mm. I kind of step away from cooking when she comes in. Gotcha, gotcha. And then, so how often is the family on board with you guys? Um, we, I mean, we're not as busy as other yachts, but we are pretty constant um, with, like, weekend trips and stuff like that. So, mm. um it usually takes me a full week to get the boat ready. So it does keep you busy. Um, and when we don't have trips, uh, we usually run Monday to Friday, nine to five, working, keeping with the upkeep of the boat and fixing stuff. So it is like a proper job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sounds like it. I mean, that's like a full 40 hour work week for five people just keeping the boat ready to go, you know, when the family is ready to jump on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then you're cooking for the crew, you're maintaining the interior, and then with your, like, scuba skills and everything and interest, I mean, is there, like, external work on the hull or anything else or scraping, cleaning or anything else that you also do as part of your job, like underwater? Um, usually um, I'll help find if someone needs to jump in to see where it's so fast, drop anchor, I'll do that. But um. Mm. But the cleaning of the hole, um, no, we usually get professionals in to do that. Yeah, yeah, cool. So then where are you at, like, right now, today? Where is the boat at? And, and describe that area for us, you know, and I've never been in the Bahamas. I've been looking at it, talked to folks from there, and it's, like, high on the list, of course, like so many other places in the world. But, you know, describe where you're at. So we're on an island called Nassau, um, which is um, – the capital of the Bahamas, um, and it lies. It's an island um, called New Providence, neighboring um, Paradise Islands. Um, around, obviously, there's like 700 islands around here. Um, but um, so, like I said, so we are based on the quiet side of the island, um, which is on the New Providence side. Um, so we in a marina, I'm sorry, Josh, I feel like I'm getting a bit lost here. <laughs> no, you're good. 
You're good. Okay. Um, so in the marina that we're based at, um, they have a specific area for crew, like a gym to go to, um, a little fire pit for us to sit around. Um, but most of my diving, to be honest, is directly out in front of where we are sitting. Yeah. Um, there's like probably over 40 wrecks out in front here. Oh, because wow. of um, there's a dive shop close by called Stuart Coves, which they've obviously um, created all these dive sites out in front. So um, that's where I do most of the diving when um, in between work. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, I was looking at your Instagram and um, you just made a lot of great pictures, and we'll talk about your photography, you know, in in a bit. But it's like there's always wrecks and there's wrecks and there's wrecks and i'm just thinking how do you mm -hmm. find all these things but you're like you're saying they're all kind of concentrated in this one area so you have like this wealth of dive sites like right in right in your backyard yes yeah no it's amazing um and because there's so much sandy areas here um they're basically like artificial reefs so there's a lot of life on the ones that have been there for years you know yeah gosh so Pretty then cool how did Oh, it's, it's way cool. Um, and well, oh yeah, I have like a thousand questions on that, but before we get there, so how did you first get hooked up? I mean, when were you like comfortable on boats? Were you raised on boats? Like, how did you make the transition from, cause you're from the UK, is that right? No, I'm actually from South Africa. Oh, why did I think that? Jeez, um, I should have done some more digging. I can update you on that. <laughs> <laughs> I spent eight years in London working oh. in office. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So, so then, I, take us back then and tell us your story of how you came from South Africa to <laughs> Bahamas on this boat. <laughs> so I have an identical twin and her and I can't be apart for a very long time. And <laughs> she decided to make the move to London. Um, and I've always had like weird and different jobs. I've mainly try to stay outside. Like I'm not the kind of person that, you know, suits being stuck in an office yeah so um i did a lot of horse riding uh at a very young age i had my own horse for six years and then tried to make that a profession and it kind of didn't work out so then i hightailed it off to london to follow my sister and spent eight years working in an office there as a personal assistant for quite a few different companies yeah and i was just looking to find like someone that I could dedicate myself to and, and work hard for, but that unfortunately didn't work out. Um, and a friend of mine landed up selling all her stuff and moving to go work on a boat. So I kind of followed her for a year on social media, checking out what she was doing. And I was like, you know what, maybe this is the type, type of thing that I'd like to try out. So, um, uh, six years ago, when um, my twin fell pregnant, I was like, maybe it's time for me to go and, like, you know, create a little life for myself somewhere. Yeah. Um, and sold up everything and headed over to Antibes in France. Wow. And it took me, I was always like a little older than everyone in the crew, er the crew houses and stuff when I arrived. So, you know, three months into trying to find a job, I was like, oh, my gosh, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not finding work. And I literally couldn't even ask my sister to help me because um, she was, you know, she had a, her hands full. So I kept persevering. And after four months, I landed my first job. And 
the rest is history. That was the boat I'm on now. And um, I have an incredible boss, um, amazing captain and crew. So I really got lucky. Yeah. So how was that? I mean, you know, South Africa is like an ocean-oriented spot, at least, you know, the coast and everything. I mean, was, was the ocean or being on the water something that was like near and dear to you before oh you got to Bahamas? Definitely. I love being by the sea. Um, yeah. And I did a little bit of surfing in South Africa. Um, my friend, she landed up representing South Africa. So she taught oh, wow. me how to stand up on a board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I tried to do my uh, life saving there. But I remember, I mean, growing up in South Africa, they put the fear of sharks in you. Right. And I was always like apprehensive about putting my head underwater. And the one day we were doing um some training and we were out at back line and the instructor was like get inside like <laughs> and I looked to the side of me and I just see these fish jumping out the water well that was the end of that <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like I did get back into the ocean but like I said I literally had such anxiety about putting my head underwater yeah so, wow and now that's you're like completely different now. I mean, you spend like a good chunk of your day underwater, so you've you've gotten over that phobia. It sounds like. Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> My friends can't catch me on land. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You're always in the water. So then you you come out from the you from London after eight years, kind of in an office. And London's not the most ocean oriented spot, you know. I mean, there's you could make mm-hmm. some drives and get in the water, but it's not. It's not bright blue, warm Bahamas. So when you landed out there, I mean, did you, you know, and then the idea of being on a boat, I mean, tie those two things together. Just, yeah, you were back on the water or back near the ocean, on the ocean, in a beautiful place. Like now it's warm. South Africa, you got to wear wetsuits, you know, and it's sharky. I mean, so so how did you just, did you just get so excited about being out there and the prospect of being on the ocean pretty much every day? I mean, how did that, was that just like a new world for you? Well, while I was living in London, I kept waking up with a feeling that there was something more that I needed to be doing. And I couldn't shift the feeling. Um, And obviously, taking the step to start my job on a boat, um, you're literally giving up your life and going to, not even going into a job, you're going hopefully to find one, you know, so nothing's guaranteed. Yeah. But the minute I got my, my permanent job, um, and I just remember like hearing the captain start the engine, and I got such goosebumps, and oh. I still do to this day. And I figured like when I stop reacting to that, then I know it's time to move on. Right. And honestly, like I'll be cleaning and look outside the window, and the t- turtle's head will pop up, you know, and I'm like, I'm where I need to be. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool, man. I mean, so many people look for that and don't know what that what that place is, you know, and you found it, you know, and like you said, it may change. But for now, it's the right spot for you. That's that's awesome. It's having the courage to take that step, you know, it's it's you never know what's going to (laughs) happen. Right. Yeah. You know, it could be the worst decision I made, but thank you know, thankfully it wasn't. That's right. Decision, so. Yeah, but you, you know, you went and tried it, and that's a big thing. That's hard to do sometimes, is to uh, you know move away from what's familiar and like yes. and, and and tying back to your, your twin sister. Yeah, yeah. who's and I have I have identical twins, my daughters, and so oh, really? I can 
I relate. I mean, I'm not Amazing. a twin, so I don't know what it's like, but I do see <laughs> that that connection that is different than any other connection between two humans that I think maybe exists in the world. And so for you to leave London where she was and go around the world, you know, on a boat, which maybe there's times when you can't communicate because of where you're at. I'm not sure. I mean, that's, that feels like a really big sort of leap of faith to go leave your comfort zone. You know, that's, that's cool. Yeah. We, we speak nearly every day. So when we do go out of range, um, I always warn her that I will only be back in like three days. Yeah. <laughs> I'm checking. Uh, well, that's cool. I have like a thousand questions about being an identical twin as an adult because it's so fascinating to watch my children who are 13, almost 14 now. Um, but we won't, maybe will come back to that or maybe even follow up after. Um, but okay, so you're out there and you get on this boat. So now talk about getting in the water right you find this job that was your focus you found something great now you can make money and live so then when did you start like getting in the water what was that progression where did you start i think um so we came to the bahamas um and i just remember them showing me pictures of the bahamas and florida and i'm like damn i gotta get there and by then i wasn't permanently high i wasn't a permanent crew member yet Mm. i just done a season and they were like, if you can sort out your, you know, your paperwork and stuff and get yourself over, we'll see what we can do. And um, everything worked out. And I got to the Bahamas and landed up going to do a snorkel. And again, absolute fear of putting my head in the water and being relaxed. Yeah. The two just didn't gel. <laughs> right, right. And um, a captain turned to me and he was like, you need to do your open water. And I was like you think I could do that? And he was like, yeah. And I just remember, I mean, I've had great instructors from the word go that have been a real inspiration to me. And um, like from the time I did my open water, I just remember looking up while I was at the bottom of the ocean thinking, wow, Mm. you know, I just want to keep learning. Right. Um, And then you know, the more diving I did, the more I was surrounded by sharks. So I started learning about them and, um, you know, started doing conservation uh, work, you know, learning about the conservation side of the sharks. And the more I learned about them, the less the less I was scared. Right. And now I get scared if I get in the ocean and I don't see a shark. Yeah. Then it's like, you know, what's going on here? Right. Something's getting- up. Yeah, you know, they keep the reef so clean with eating all the sick and the dying fish, you know. So it's totally just changed my view and and, and obviously fueled my um, passion to uh, do as much as I can to protect the ocean. Yeah, I love that. It's so true. It's like that. It's interesting when... Like you could say you're interested in, in conservation and everything, and it's a different thing to actually feel that, like, I think that heartfelt connection when you're experienced. Yeah. Cause when you're in it and you see it and you feel it, it's, it's different. I mean, it's, oh. they're both great, you know, and, and yeah, it's, it's, and then you, it's, a, it's so much it's a stronger. A yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so now like yeah. I went, I went um, from doing my open water right through to uh, um, getting my scuba instructors. Um, oh. And like I said, I had amazing instructors inspiring me wanting to, go further um and then after that i uh started getting surrounded by free divers and 
I was like, oh, wow, I want to do that. <laughs> they just look so calm. and relaxed. Yeah. Um, so I became a freedive instructor too. Wow. So yeah. the instructor part, I mean, was that something that, you know, now you're kind of you're responsible for, for not just introducing people to the water, which is so neat, but also like responsible for their safety and everything. And so was that, was that kind of natural for you? The, 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 um, desire to help people learn and be safe and also experience the water. Is that why you pursued, you know, the instructor stuff versus just kind of, you know, getting the advanced certifications and kind of focusing on your own, you know, your own stuff. Exactly. I'm always like lean to the more caution side of things, you know, um, do extra safety with everything I do. Um, and the more, uh, the further I got in the diving side, like when I did my rescue diver, that kind of linked um, to some of the boat safety work that we do. So yeah. it all started connecting. Um, and I just wanted to make sure that I was obviously um, being the safest I could be while I was trying to teach people about the ocean or being in the water with someone, you know, um, rather be safe than sorry, obviously. Yeah. 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 I'm a fan of that for sure. So then once you kind of got these instruct, your instructor, you know, certifications, do you continue to like spend time on the side running classes or providing instruction to other folks? Um, I haven't done much instructing, in regards to the scuba side um, mm -hmm. and more leaning towards the freediving side, um, mm. which, yes, so um, I've just recently um, certified my friend's son. Um, he he landed up uh, breaking the world record for the youngest master scuba diver. So I've done quite a bit of wow. diving with him and he's That's involved cool. in the coral conservation work that we do as well. So he's a good friend of mine. Um, and he did so well on his first training session. He went down to 55 feet. So he's Jeez. obviously very comfortable in the water. Um, and it's better for me too, because not a lot of people do free diving here. And oh. I was battling to find a buddy to go out with. So the more people that learn this side now, um, is safer for me. Right. Right. You know, and, um, I'm trying really hard to get a group together here. Um, because, I mean, we've got so many beautiful sites to see here. Oh, for 100%. So then a lot of your time is, you're, so it's easier to find scuba divers to go out with, and it's much more challenging to find freediving. But is that, do you see that changing? I mean, what's cool is, as you mentioned, and I'm seeing it here, you know, where I am in, in California, in Santa Cruz, is, you know, there didn't used to be freediving instruction. Like, when I started doing it, even reaching until the last couple of years, it just wasn't really there, but now it's more prevalent. So it gets people in the water and feeling comfortable. And so more people are free diving. So are you seeing like an increase in free divers out in the Bahamas where you are around the Sal because there is instruction that gets people more comfortable with doing it? Um, definitely is growing. Um, but there aren't any instructors as i as far as I know, um, oh. on my side of the Island actually. Yeah, so, gotcha. Um, you know, I obviously have a lot of interest, um, but it's just finding my time off as well to dedicate it to teaching. So I've got to kind of just slot that in where I can and, yeah. you know, make sure that people understand that I don't have um, a set schedule. 
Right. But with the Paddy side of things, um, it's easier because you can do your theory online and then it takes two days for me to do the basic um, level one with someone. Mm-hmm. You know, Got so it. It's easier to learn and quicker to get certified there. Right, right, yeah. It is a neat. It's a great like instruction. A friend of mine actually here in in Santa Cruz just got his certification to be an instructor as well, um, and it's as neat to have to see him go through it and all the stuff he, he learned because he's a he's a strong diver by yeah. nature. And then, but once he went through this, he's already sort of had different certifications. But once he went through it from the instructor perspective and and applying the theory he learned for himself and teaching it to others now it's like he's he he'll even admit he just feels so much you know more stronger and more competent and way more knowledgeable it's it's really neat to see so yeah. then for you having done both scuba and freediving quite you know quite a bit so compare and contrast the two you know mm-hmm. i mean they're 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 similar but they're also like almost different sports <laughs> well they really are they're very different you know in certain ways so so compare and contrast the two they both have their their sense of flow and beauty and you know for you what how would you kind of characterize you know both of those free diving and scuba so um the whole i mean scuba has been an absolute love of mine obviously um uh, but i'm probably doing a lot more free diving these days because mm. it's the whole um it's the whole relaxation side that got me hooked. Um, and obviously less gear. And I, I feel like no matter where I go, I've always got my mask fins and my camera on me. So right. Right. <laughs> but it's hard so to easy. carry a tank around. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but um, it's definitely, um, I find obviously free diving a lot more relaxing and um in regards to the photography side, I can get closer to my subjects um, right. without scaring them off with the bubbles, you know. Yep. But um, I love them both dearly. I um, I recently had to have back surgery in January, so um, free diving helped me a lot with my recovery. You know, yeah. getting stronger to. Um, have a tank on my back again and so it definitely helped a lot uh, yeah that's cool so was the back surgery was that i mean having a tank on your back and frequently it, i mean even like when i go for like multiple days in a row of free diving with and here I, you know we have thick wetsuits so you have like 20 pounds of weight on your back it just starts to wear you down so was part of your back issues from like scuba diving with having the tank on your back so frequently or was it something totally different um uh, I think it was an injury um, that had happened over like maybe a five-year period, the doctor said, because um, I, didn't, I didn't know what was wrong with me. I thought I had sciatica, so I just carried mm. on. <laughs> yeah. And um, eventually I went for a dive and I woke up the one morning and I couldn't really move my left leg. So I went – I mean – over a period of a year when it started really bugging me, I was seeing uh, chiropractors and doctors and trying to get to the bottom of it. And um, I kind of was getting, um, you know, I was getting relief, but I wasn't getting, you know, to the core of what was wrong. And right. they sent me for an MRI just before Christmas. And it was pretty serious. Like my, mm-hmm. I had a, 
herniated disc pushing up against my spinal cord and the doctor said I should have been paralyzed but oh wow <laughs> yeah he was like how did you walk in here and I was like well I drove an hour <laughs> oh gnarly so I was pretty much diving right up until the end um and the water obviously was amazing because it took the pressure off my back you know right it was the only relief I could get yeah yeah um so I was really lucky to have um, people willing to support me and help me through it all and recover pretty quickly. So now, like, that's just even pushed my passion and, you know, love for being in the water and everything, you know, everything I work towards and I'm trying to protect has just fueled it all, you know. Right, right. Because I didn't know if I was going to be able to do any of it again. Yeah. Oh man, that must have been a tough, scary. yeah, very tough time. And just having felt your body recover slowly and gradually and doing more and more, I can just imagine like how your spirit, you're just like, wow, I could do this again. I think I'm going to be okay. You know, I'm back in your, your world. A lot of respect for my body now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So then let's talk about that. I mean, like the protection part. So as you mentioned, you know, when you, you started, seeing sharks differently and being more comfortable in the water, you just realized that the, un the, the, the aquatic environment, the ocean was something that you felt strongly compelled to protect and conserve and do what you can. And so, and you're doing that pretty actively. I'm looking at a bunch of stuff here on Instagram. So, so talk about that. Like, where did you start in terms of your sort of focused energy around conservation and protection? And then what are you doing today with that? So um, it was in 2017. Uh, we often have turtles uh, where we where we dock now um, in the marina that we at. It's called Albany Marina. Um, we often have turtles around the boat, and I'll be like, "Oh, turtle!" and try and like get my phone out to take a picture. Uh -huh. And this day. I noticed that the turtle was just hovering on the surface. And usually by the time I've got my phone out, they've like swum down and away. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just kept my eye on it, spent 30 minutes just sitting on the dock looking at it. And I noticed that it was trying to swim down, but it kept bouncing back to the surface. And um, I've done a little tour in a turtle sanctuary in Key West before, and they kind of you know, um, teach you about how turtles get injured. Um, like if a boat strikes them, they get this little bubble in their shell called bubble butt is oh. what they call it. And there's no way of fixing that. Like at the sanctuary, they have turtles that have like a dive weight attached to their shell to help them get down. Wow. Once they've had, once they've had that. So I immediately thought that either the turtle was either tangled up in something or that it had been striked or either swallowed enough plastic plastic to make it buoyant. Jeez. So um, after 30 minutes, I decided to get my dive gear and jump into the marina and, and see if the poor thing had been tangled. So I took my GoPro with me just in case it swam away and managed to swim right up to it. Um, I could have put my hands on it, but I didn't. So I just swam around investigating it and it was all clear um so i immediately got onto the phone um because i don't really have like a turtle sanctuary here for mm. um sick or injured turtles um so i got on the phone with all my dive connections to see um who who i could talk to and who could help me um so it landed up being a 
about a four hour ordeal. Um, eventually got directed to Atlantis, which is a huge, um, you know, theme park with a casino right. and all that. Um, they have an aquarium there, which kind of like against because they catch their sea life out here. Yeah. And, you know, obviously have tanks and stuff, but they were the only place on the island that had a marine vet and the equipment to x-ray the turtles so i got onto the phone with the vet there and she um instructed on how i should catch it lift it and transport it so i jumped into the water by now i got some friends of mine to help me um so i get into the water to try and get to it um and like i said before i could basically swim up to it the first time and get my hands on it yeah the turtle ended up swimming away (laughs) And then, oh, a boat, and then a boat left and by the time that it all happened with the bow thrusters of the boat and stuff I'm like that's it you know it's gone so I couldn't just walk away from that so I ended right. up getting my dive gear out and got a tank on my back and I was looking underneath because it's a floating dock here I thought maybe it had gotten trapped you know under one of the docks so yeah. I checked the docks and from what I could see, the docks were clear. So I got out the water and I was about to start packing up after like three and a half hours of being with this poor animal. Um, like, I was so sad. I just, I knew I wasn't going to see it that night knowing that this thing was out there injured. Yeah. So I started packing up my gear and my friend was like, it's back, it's back. So I didn't even think twice. I grabbed my stuff, jumped in um, and managed to get hold of the turtle. We lifted it out slowly. Um, we had to saturate a towel in wa- in seawater and wrap it in, in this towel. And it's about a 14-minute drive to Atlantis. So get on the way and um, get the turtle to the vet and she landed up making it through the night and um, the next day because I think what they did was um, they soak the turtle in, in fresh water because it helps replenish replenish it I guess oh. in a way Yeah. Um, so after 24 hours of that then they were going to start doing like um the x-rays to see, you know, what, what exactly was wrong with it. Um, and um, unfortunately, it didn't make it through mm, the dang. next day. Yeah. So they obviously landed up um, investigating to see what had caused um, the turtle to die. And unfortunately, it had swallowed a fishing hook that had ripped through its intestine and punctured oh. its lung. Oh, oh, man. I know. And I felt that sucks. absolutely awful. Like, I've been looking into this animal's eyes for four hours, you know, and I was yeah. like, well, you're going to make it, you know? Wow. And it wasn't a small turtle. It was pretty big. What kind of turtle was it? Um, sorry, I'm just trying to um, uh, look that up quickly. Um, so, you know, the, the vet, after being in contact with her, um, and feeling as horrible as I did, you know, after yeah. say, trying yeah. to save this poor animal, I was like, what can I do to, um, you know, to to make my, not make myself feel better, but what can I do to make a change, you know? Yeah, that's um, right. Pre- try to prevent that, you know? Yeah, you know, and um, 
it, it was a it was a green circle yeah cool um so you get hawksbill out here green turtles um hawksbills and loggerheads which are the really big ones right they're at the big old ones cool yeah um so, so what did you land on yeah so where'd that take you then in terms well, of like your focus I was super bummed out and I'm like, what I can either use this, like I can either get sad about this or I can use this to fuel something that's going to help the next turtle that comes along, you know? And yeah, um, I've been involved in a, lots of debris teams with the dive shop. Um, we do um, like project away. Uh, we'll organize a team that'll go out and do a debris clean on a dive. So I've done a load of that, but um, I wanted to do more. So I yep. started cleaning the local beach. Yeah, I've been doing it for years. And, you know, when I first started cleaning the beach, I didn't have enough hands or bags to to carry what I was finding. But, really? Um, like I did a little beach clean last night and I'm barely filling a bag now, you know, it's just wow. like these little microplastics or usually if we've had a storm is when I like to go out because then a lot is washed up, you know, these, some yep. of the islands around you are little basins for where the plastic pollution accumulates. And right. unfortunately others are way worse than some, you know, so, yep. um, but I've definitely seen a change which makes me happy. Yeah. So is that also, would you say, growing awareness uh, within the local population in the Bahamas of the plastic problem and them also mobilizing and, and being involved with cleanups? Definitely. Um, yeah. I've seen a lot of change in a lot of the restaurants around here as well, which, I mean, Styrofoam is one of the number one, you know, killers out there in the ocean. Um, right. And... There's three different restaurants on my side here that are now completely like eco-friendly with their takeaway containers and um, straws and and everything they're using there. So it's definitely, definitely, um, there's a change happening here. Yeah, that's awesome. That's way cool. You know, and I try and I try and support those companies more. You know, and yeah, if, if have more chats to managers and stuff. You know, if, if they water ba water side based, you know, to try and make a change. Right, right. Now you also um, are working and basically co-founded a group called Gone Coastal Crew. So what is that? Yeah. It sounds similar to the beach cleanup type of uh, work. Yeah. So I obviously everything that I was doing was like Bahama based and on my side of the island and um, the um, every, uh, sorry two months out of the year we head back to florida for a shipyard period where the boat mm. gets hauled out and they do the yearly checks and stuff and obviously we spend some time there um over the two months and i was on the beach the one day and saw these girls doing a beach clean so i went running after them <laughs> i was like excuse me you know like who are you doing this through i want to get more involved on the side because i do a lot this side and the Broward County had organized that clean. Ah. And the girls that I was speaking to, they were like, you know, they're doing it with them, but they don't do it often enough. And I was like, well, we don't have to wait for them to organize that. You know, we can just do our own thing. Yeah. 
Um, so we started doing a beach clean every Saturday um, on Fort Lauderdale Beach because it's, I mean, a really busy beach too. And um, like during October, November, December is a very busy time in Fort Lauderdale um, with the yachts because a lot of them have come back to do the yacht periods and there's also a boat show. Um, so I have a lot of friends um, that were wanting to get involved, um, yachties and non-yachties. So, yep. you know, if anyone's available on this Saturday, we meet at, I think it was either 9 or 10 o'clock, um, and do a two-hour beach clean and then, you know, go grab lunch somewhere afterwards or spend the rest of the day on the beach. Cool. So it's just a great way to start your day, you know, and you never know who you're going to meet. Yep. We often have a lot of people running up to us um, asking us what we're collecting and you should see their faces when we say it's trash. And they trip out. They're just like, yeah. wow. Yeah. <laughs> but collecting then do they gold. get, yeah, yeah, right. Free, free money. It's great. It's everywhere. And then do, do you notice, you know, um, then do they get like kind of interested and excited? Like, oh, wow, you're cleaning, you're cleaning, you're making this better and, you know, yes. more pretty. And so do they, do you see people kind of start to also chip, pitch in and, and help out a little bit yes no we've had i mean there's so much we've had a lot of positive reaction to it all you know and um it's just amazing um i've um, approached some there's there's a restaurant um called the green bar kitchen in fort lauderdale and i kind of approached the manager there saying you know um what we were planning on doing was to clean the beach and if they wanted to contribute to it in any way, we were happy to wear their t-shirts. Um, it's a completely green, obviously green run restaurant um, with biodegradable stuff there and mostly vegan food. And, you know, it's amazing, you know, who, who are keen to help and how they want to help, you know? Yeah. I mean, who, who doesn't want their name, on the back of someone's shirt while they're cleaning the beach. Yeah, you know? for sure. So I try and incorporate other companies like that where possible. Mm -hmm. um, but to be honest, like the ones that I do here, you know, if it's a lovely evening out and I'm done with work, there's no better way that I like to spend my day than just have a little walk on the beach. Yeah, right on. I feel like a nerd saying that, but... No, it's true though. I mean, it's funny because there's so many <laughs> different makes me ways. Happy. <laughs> yeah, I know, and that's what matters. You know, it, it's interesting because there's so many different ways to interact with the water. And I find myself as like this, you know, oh, I love being on the water, under the water in many yeah. different ways. But geez, it's nice just like a quiet walk, like even on my local beach, like you're just seeing the things that have washed up or filling the sand. Um, yeah. It, it's kind I, of know, a meditation, really. It is, you know, it really is, and it's a nice, it's a, it's a contrast to being immersed and wet and in it, which is epic. But yeah. it's just a, it's a nice complement to that, you know. Um, so then, kind of back to being in the water with you yourself, you know, you and do photography, right? There's a ton of killer shots mm -hmm. you have um, of the animals, of other people, of wrecks, and just so many neat things. Um, so. Where are you at with that? Is that is that fun and just a way for you to capture the moments of, of being under the water? And uh, sort of where'd you start with that? So I've been using a GoPro for many, many years. Yeah. Um, and you kind of learn, you know, how to shoot with that and what cool shots you can get with that. And, you know, if I knew I was going to have a day 
by myself, I would kind of research, um, you know, photos to take and just like create a little project for myself. Um, uh, and being in the Bahamas, I have a lot of, um, I'm surrounded by some pretty awesome photographers. Um, right. I've not studied photography myself. I've kind of been mentored. Um, by my friends and um, the people I hang around with. And uh, I never, ever expected to get really serious with it at all. Um, but I really do enjoy it. And um, I kind of feel like the ocean rewards me mm-hmm. with the encounters I've had. Um, you know, even if it's a little snorkel, I'll have a little fish that'll like come and like swim into. I don't know what it is about my hair. <laughs> I don't know if they think it <laughs> looks like seaweed, <laughs> but like I'll have this little like interaction with like a juvenile fish, and it'll be for like a couple of hours. And you know, who doesn't want to have a photo of that and and capture the moment? So yeah. it all started off with just you know me trying me capturing it for my pleasure really rather than um sharing it with everyone else but um i really do enjoy it and now i've just got a bigger camera which i um it's a little sony um uh compact camera with mm-hmm. an underwater housing nice so yeah i was learning how to use that over the last year and then accidentally went and bought a bigger camera <laughs> oops <laughs> oops and um i actually bought it off uh, a surf photographer that i follow on instagram and i was like you know what let me give it a shot um and landed up having to get a bigger housing for that so um i have a very good friend here um by the name of pia she's been my mentor so she's um yeah. teaching me how to use it and right. Have you heard honest. her podcast? She she came on and did an episode with me. Oh, you know what? I haven't got around to listening to that yet, but oh, it's cool. definitely on my list. Yeah, yeah, she's she's amazing. Yeah, so um, she's basically taught me everything I know with my camera that I have right now, um, nice. and I've still got so much more to learn. Yeah, yeah, it's so fun though. Like, um, I dabble like. Trust me, not even half as much as you, and, and actually, mostly all like surf shots, like um, because you know I just have a surf housing, and it's really hard. It's really positively buoyant, so it's hard to bring down. But what's interesting is, and yeah. in, in a former life, I did a little marine biology, and we had a I had a camera quite a bit. But what's cool Amazing. is, you see, it's it's like there's a meditative aspect to looking through a lens at an animal underwater. Like you could be looking at it through your goggles, and it's it's great, you know. But it's something different. Like you forget about your breath. You forget about kind of everything when you're trying to frame a shot of an animal, whether it's stationary or moving. Yeah. And it's like time for me, that was what I, it was super meditative and time like stood still, even when it's just like maybe it's an anemone or something that's not moving. It's just, it's stuck on a rock. But when you're really focusing down on these animals like that, there's something cool about it, you know? And uh, it's, I don't know, it's really relaxing, you know? <laughs> Yes, you kind of you kind of connect with them, don't you? Yeah. You know, and I had an experience the other day, um, and it was it was recent. There was a group on one of the wrecks busy getting its mouth cleaned. So I kind of slowly went up to it, and I was trying to get as close as possible as you do. 
and she wasn't budging um and i was like oh my so like i literally got down on my you know knees and hands and i was like trying to get the shots and it was almost like she knew i was taking a photo of her because like i say she it yeah um <laughs> kind of giving me all kind of these different angles and then really? all of a sudden out of the corner of my eye another grouper came in and they were fighting over my camera no way <laughs> they and wanted I, to be in I front of it i couldn't believe that that was <laughs> happening like i was glad i was on air because <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, yeah <laughs> you know these two were like properly modeling for me <laughs> right that's funny and yeah it was quite quite a little experience also yeah oh that's that's so cool so you got it gosh yeah i'm looking at all these pictures so then you mentioned groupers i'm looking we talked about turtles so and you see so many such a wide variety of animals out there do you have like one or maybe two or maybe it's just maybe there's all of them but like ones that you just when you see them or when you're with them you just it's like your favorite like is it there's a certain animal that you really really like being underwater with well definitely all of them but yeah Sharks are pretty incredible, like, and especially because they just made out to be these man eaters, you know, and, and right. you see how inquisitive they are and, and you know, how they work together. Right. It is insane. Um, we actually have a manta ray here, um, which you don't and not supposed to get in the Bahamas. Um, right. But at, Atlantis had it in its tank and it got too big for it, so they released it. And he's been hanging out here for quite some time. Um, wow. I saw him three years ago for the first time. And um, we swam with it for like probably an hour in the wow. water. And that was, that was so incredible. Like that yeah. was so majestic. And then a couple of weeks ago, I was at a little local beach down the road here called Jaws Beach with a friend of mine. And we were just relaxing, you know, catching some sun and... I saw this black mass and I was like, well, it's not an eagle, right? That's way too big. And like I said, I don't go anywhere without my mask and my camera. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? She, she's, um, she wasn't a diver or anything. And I was like, I'm going to go check this out. So I got into the water and I was swimming out there and we had a fair way to go. And on the way there, I was like, you know what? What are you going to do with this? Not a mentor, right? <laughs> like, what's your game plan? I was just like, I didn't even think twice about it. But thank goodness it was. <laughs> and um, I got up to this mentor, right? Um, and it was like swimming by me. And it turned around and came straight towards me. Oh, wow. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. You know, and I mean... I've been in the water for five, six years now, and you know whether the encounter's big or small. Right. I'll still get out, and I was like shaking, going, "Oh my goodness! Like I can't believe that just happened." Oh man, that's so you know, cool. It's just, it's insane. You never know what the ocean's going to present to you on the day. No. And that's the magic of it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and those those times like that right there is. It just, it'll keep you coming back forever and ever. You'll remember that, you know, forever yeah. and ever, you know. And those those things, like, that's, like, one of my top animals that I would love to swim with at some point. And there's this neat, um, one of the cool, 
um, David Orchoa, who's been on the podcast twice now, he's he's a spear fisherman, but with a different. I real listen ed- to him. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like one of my favorite guys. He's incredible, and he and you should check this out. I mean, he made this movie called Agua Negra, and anyway, it's it's not just spear fishing; it's just traveling. It's just yeah. insane. It's beautiful, and especially somebody who's kind of uh, artistically minded, you would you'll love it. But there's a part as a segment in this movie that's like it like brings tears like the hairs on the back of your neck stands up and tears your eyes because he's just he's diving and he sees this manta and it's got like these ropes chafing around and it's the most insane sequence where he goes down and the thing stops and it lets him basically spend time to unwind it you know and you could see it's like chafing its skin, and it basically it he it, it just hangs out. It lets him pull this rope off. He had to it do a couple knew. dives. Yeah, it knew. Oh my goodness! And then it kind of hung out, and it let him swim with it like real slowly for a while. You know, you're gonna and, make me cry right now. I uh, know <laughs> yeah, it's like the most insane. Like there's so much intelligence there. You know, I don't know. Like, we could talk and go on for and on and on. But anyway, oh, wow. it's a it's an insane spot. So I can imagine you seeing this magnificent animal out there and having like a one-on-one out of nowhere unexpected like your own you know time with it like how cool that is it's incredible yeah um, i know a few of the girls um which are my friends that used to work at the dive shop they had a shark show up um they do shark feeds yeah um and everyone's like oh my goodness you know you know is it good is it bad that they do that um and I'm I'm a bit fifty fifty on that, but right. it did make it did help me overcome my fear of sharks. And it's it's um it's got the sharks protected here. Um, so a lot of good has come out of it. Yeah. And they they had the shark show up a few times on the feed with a rope around her neck, which was cutting into her gills. Oh, jeez. And she let them she let them handle her put her in tonic state wow. um and cut the rope off her neck and um she that's hangs amazing. around to this day jeez yeah that's so cool is like that kind of connection can ha- can exist can happen you know between yeah. people and those and, and the animals you know that's so cool jeez so then mel um we're, what's next this year? I mean, you're, you're, the boat's docked. You know, what's the rest of this year? Anything big coming up? Big trips? Big plans? Or what, what are you looking at the rest of this this year? So um, there's an amazing group that um, I was kind of obsessed with a couple of years ago called Behind <laughs> the Mask. <laughs> oh, cool. cool. Um, and oh, I used to follow these guys, and they do underwater videography. Um, and it's a, you know, a team from people all over the world, um, and they travel the world and make these videos, and, and they've become very good friends of mine. I did a trip with them to Mexico last year, um, diving, um, the island of Socorro, uh, which where the giant panthers are. Right. Um, Oh, cool. And they've invited me on another trip this year. In September, we're going to Raja Ampat in Indonesia. Whoa. So I am so excited for that because um, I've never been and it's um, like possibly one of the most prettiest places you can go and dive, I believe. So. Wow, that's epic. Yeah. Um, there's another guy that I dive with in uh, Florida, which I will 
be meeting up with again. His name's Ryan Walton, and he's doing a lot of conservation work that side of sharks. So I usually meet up with him um, while we're in the yard in Florida during um, August, September, October, and December. Um, so I do a lot of diving in Jupiter and um, Palm Beach. Yep. So those are my trips that I've lined up now. Um, Solid. It's a pretty good lineup. <laughs> yeah, very excited. I'm hoping actually to go home next year to do some diving in South Africa because I haven't ever done that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Might be a little more more cold, yeah? Yeah, I'm a little excited to be diving in a bit cold, uh, you know, in a, yeah. in a different scene, really. So Yeah, um, sure, kelp and stuff, definitely different. I'm obsessed with the, not that I've ever done it, um, trying out ice diving. It's become very popular with the freedivers that I follow on Instagram. What is that again? Uh, ice diving, diving through ice. Oh, ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. That's something I would definitely like to give a shot, you know? Yeah. At least once. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that would be badass. That would be very cool. Yeah. Way different, like having a ceiling basically on, over you, you know? It looks incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's cool. Well, hey, I want to thank you for sharing so much, Mel. Um, I'm uh, amped to – I wish I could just go jump in the water right now in crystal clear water. <laughs> it sounds, sounds killer. But, uh, yeah, thanks for sharing and thanks for, you know, spending your extra time that you have to do something cool for the water, you know, picking up trash and just helping other, others, you know, learn and, and get inspired to do the same. Oh, thanks so much for the opportunity, Josh. I'm always happy to speak about the ocean. <laughs> awesome. Right on. Well, um, thanks so much. Take All care. Right. Take care. Bye. Okay, bye. Hey there, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. We really appreciate all the support. Uh, if you like what you heard, uh, please you know, uh, hype us up on social media. Always appreciate you know, spreading the word. Uh, give us a nice little rating on the, uh, your podcast app and uh, just keep tuning in. If you're interested in being on the show and sharing some of your life stories, uh, hit me up, josh at thisoceanlife.tv. You can PM me on Facebook or Instagram. Anyway, thanks again for being here and uh, have a great day.